Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another video game review. This is going to be for Moss 2 or Mox uh, Book 2, however you prefer to call that. I'm your host Matthew and we're going to do a spoiler free review. There are story things that happen in this game but I think I can just review this game and just discuss the uh, the gameplay which is the main part of this game anyway. But um, the story itself very good, very well concluded, all that type of thing. I'll just say that about the story. So, um, Moss, Book 2, or Moss 2. In my review, I'm just going to put Moss 2, as you've already seen. Um, I very, I really, really thought this was brilliant. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10, and one of our must-play ratings. Um, this did what the game needed to do on a fundamental level. Um, and to me, whenever I look at any sequel for a video game, I think to myself, can you do an Assassin's Creed 2? Assassin's Creed 2 is one of the, for me, earlier benchmarks of the, the very simple idea of, okay, you made your first game, you've got these mechanics... In the game. Because the story can be a, a, a different element itself. Because what I want sequels to do. And not just second, not, not just first sequels. But other, other sequels. If we of course get more than two Moss games. The fundamental idea. For a video game. Because I see TV and film is very different. The fundamental idea for a video game. When you have a sequel that comes around. And presumably you do some sort of. Brainstorming of ideas. Is of course. When you go to when you go to brainstorm, okay, a sequel. We had these ideas, these mechanics, these things that we you could get the player to do in the first game. How do we take those same ideas and either layer them with new ideas, new ways to do those things, or just new ideas that fit in well with the core of what you've already got? Um, Moss. Two answers that question very, very well in in the way that I'd wanted to. Um, now, the the unfortunate thing about this game, and this isn't particularly to do the, with the mechanics, is this game got basically no promotion whatsoever. I think that there was one video on PlayStation's YouTube channel called for, for PlayStation Underground, which was about I think ten minutes long or something, and it showed off a few of the new gameplay things um but it wasn't really shown that much at i think it was announced at a state of play or something and then it wasn't shown again um i didn't see any trailers for this game come about after the after the initial announcement trailer obviously you have to announce that you're making the game but in and around the times that the game's released this game got no promotion at all i bet i i found out this game was coming out when it was coming out because of some random person on Twitter had found out. I, I didn't find out through PlayStation themselves. So that that's really, really unfortunate. It, it just kind of reminds me of Iron Man VR. Um, now some VR games get a fairly decent amount of promotion from, from Sony. like th Things like uh, Blood and Truth. Those types of games. But things like Iron Man VR and Moss. I, I don't even remember the first Moss game getting that much promotion. So um, th this game had trouble with letting itself know that pe letting people know that the game itself was out there however uh, that that part aside obviously that's a that's a marketing issue and not an actual issue with the game 
Um, yeah, they put some things and some mechanics and some enemies into this game that every, every time a new mechanic popped up, I thought, oh, that's really cool. That fits in really well. And I did a Twitch stream, which is available now on our YouTube channel, Entertainment Talk Plays, uh, about an hour and 45 minutes, which is the last portion of the game. I didn't know it was the last portion of the game. I just stuck the stream on and had a good time playing the game. And you can probably see me, see me or hear me saying, like, when new mechanics are popping up, even right towards the end, new mechanics were popping up. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. That's, that's really fun. Um, and I thought that about every single new mechanic in the game, which, for this specific type of game, that because re- this game relies really heavily on, okay, because the fundamentals that you've got, right, you've got Moss, uh, sorry, not Moss, you've got Quill, she's got her sword, that's what she had in the first game, right? So, fundamental from that level, okay, the, the player is controlling Quill herself, what can Quill herself actually do? What equipment, weapons, tools does Quill have. Now from what I remember in the first game she only had a sword. In the second game you get given a shield disc type of thing at some point that you can use. You get given the hammer which is very good and you also get given um, three secondary abilities with those weapons. So you have your sword and then your sword now has a special ability. You have your blade shield type of thing. That has a special ability. Then you have your hammer. And that has a special ability. Now as I'm saying about like new mechanics. New ideas. New new things and new options. And new tools. To be able to navigate this world. Uh, to, bo- both, to, both to basically. Because the two things that you're doing. Well the three things that you're doing. Is you're puzzle solving. You're killing enemies. And you're traversing the level. So climbing around on it. But not just simply climbing up a ledge and then that's it. This game's very, very balanced and very, very good in terms of... Okay, we're going to introduce this new mechanic. Give you it for just enough time. And then we'll give you another new mechanic. And then we'll do that again and we'll give you another new mechanic. But... Oops. But what the game does really well is instead of just saying... Hey, here's this thing for 10 minutes... And then you learn how to use it. And then we take it away and you never see it again. Things come back in later levels. And you go, oh right, that thing that I learned half an hour ago. Or an hour ago. Depends on how long you've played the game for. It comes back. And you go, oh cool, I can use that again. And then you keep going through it. And speaking of keeping going through it. The sense of progression in this game. Like when you do something, when you like unlock a door or you figure out a puzzle is a really really good feeling yeah the sense of progression in this game is a really really good feeling like when you hear that click of the door or you just or even just not even just the clicks and the sounds and everything but just figuring out a puzzle just feels very satisfying in this game and even more so in this game than the previous game because with this game you've got more things to figure out you've got like angles at certain points to figure out um, and it it's really, really well put together in that regard. Um, I do only have like one kind of negative thing to say, which did bother me throughout. I'll mention it in a second because I've just mentioned it now. Um, as to why I'm not giving this a 10 and like a strong must play. Uh, so I'll get into that now because I've been very positive so far. But uh, again, the thing I have to say isn't overly negative. It was just a bit of a sticking point for me. At certain points in this game, 
the game isn't massively technically sound. It's sometimes like things just... And again, this is on slightly rare occasions, but it happened a little bit too much to where it did ever so slightly, but it did affect the gameplay slightly. Just slightly too much, just a little bit too much uh, to where it just kind of got in the way and everything. So yeah, just I suppose, and again, you can consider me being nitpicky in this situation, but I suppose the additional problem is when you're playing a game in VR and you've got basically two sets of tracking going on which is um, the camera's tracking your headset, the VR headset and it's tracking your controllers. Obviously if you've got um, a game where you're using two hands or something and you've got the two move controllers you've got three things that are being tracked. Uh, With this it's just the case that you've got your blue bubble thing that you pull stuff with and you control stuff with and that is using the controller still um and just at times again it could have been like the way i set it up and things i I did like recalibrate things a few times you'll need to do that when you're playing vr games i've i've learned that of course over time but um and not not even just with like that aspect it's just sometimes with controls a little bit sometimes with um there was a few too many instances of um like you've pressed something and the game's reacted a little bit late and again not horrible not bad just a bit too much a bit too often and it didn't like ruin my experience i'm still giving this a 9 out of 10 and a must play i still think this is a must play game and if you've played the first moss game there's no reason you shouldn't play the second one really um so it was it was great in terms of in terms of that but just it could have been it could have been slightly smoother around the edges if if you want to sort of put it that way so speaking of controller by the way um interesting point actually so of course i, I was playing this game this, this is still a playstation 4 game uh this is a game designed for the playstation 4's vr system of course psvr2 which is being built for ps5 is not actually out right now um, you can't use the DualSense controller on your PS5. Um, you have to still use a DualShock 4 controller. So, if you're getting rid of your PS4, I don't think you should ever get rid of hardware unless it's broken or whatever. Um, don't get rid of your DualShock 4 controller because you'll need it. It makes sense because the game explains like, oh, you can't use your DualSense because there's there's no tracking light on it, which there isn't. Um, because people forget that the light bar on the DualShock 4 for the PlayStation 4, that light is used for that. It's also used to show, like, sometimes health in games and, you know, the the charging light. And it's used for other other different things, but, um, no, it makes sense that, like, that's the bright light that you've got on your controller. And the DualSense, the PS5 controller, doesn't have a light that's the same, built the same way. I assume when we get the new controllers, because uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what they look like, um, they'll either be tracked through a different light or something, or be tracked in a different way. But yeah, essentially your VR headset and your um, uh, either Move controllers or DualShock 4 is what actually tracks, every, tracks everything throughout the game. is tracked by the lights. So, and of course when you're pressing buttons, that's just normal button inputs. So, that was uh, interesting. It's a good thing I kind of didn't put, like, you know, my controllers in the loft or something. Um, Actually, the DualShock 4 that I use 
but was using to play this game is the same one that I used for my Switch, so I simply just synced it up with my PS5 and I was good to go. Because basically, once you do that, you can press the PS button, and if the console's already on, it will just say, hey, which profile do you want to pick this for? You pick your profile, and it just switches it over, and you can just keep going. So, it once you, like, sync your controller up and stuff, it's not a hassle. So, um, that was fine. That was perfectly fine. Again, battery life, a bit low, but still, um, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Alright, of course, we are sponsored at the moment by Manscaped. They sell men's grooming products, which you can either get for yourself or somebody else, depending on the occasion, or both. Treat whoever you want to uh, Manscaped's products. Uh, so, before you go typing anything uh, to look up Manscaped, you can simply scroll down a little bit, click on the link in your show notes to go over to Manscaped's website to have a look for yourself, because as much as I can tell you about their product, which is all very good products, uh, you might want to have a look for yourself, have a read, have a look at what they actually look like and the design of them and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, if you scroll down in show notes, this works on the podcast player and also on the website version. Scroll down a little bit, there's a link in the show notes for Manscaped's website. You simply click on that, that will take you over to there. You can have a look at their different razors, shavers, ear and nose hair trimmers. Um, uh, they've got different clothes, different sort of deodorants and things like that. All sorts of different products. Again, I, I can name a few things that they've sent me that I've used so I can tell you how good they are. Uh, speaking of the products themselves, uh, from the packaging right through to the actual products that you buy themselves, all very, very good first-hand products. Uh, no sort of tatty or, or tatty or tacky second-hand stuff. All very, very well put together, very well made. Nothing feels like it's going to break or run out of battery too quickly or anything like that so all really really good stuff you know you, you open that manscaped box and you feel like you've brought a premium product um which is which is good so uh, all good stuff with that with manscaped but you might be wondering it will cost you money it will still cost you a certain amount of money but once you go over to manscaped's website and you select the products that you want again either for yourself or somebody else or both depending on the occasion once you get all the way to that checkout and you see that promo code box if you type in etalkuk that's e-t-a-l-k uk you can get 20 percent off your order with manscaped and that nice free shipping cost because sometimes you're buying stuff online you think oh it cost me this much you get to check out and you've got that nasty shipping cost but not with this deal with manscaped you get free shipping with that which is always very nice to see isn't it that no shipping cost for manscaped uh, and again, if you don't want to scroll back to this point in the podcast, the promo code is written in the show notes. You can either take it from there or copy and paste it, whatever you want to do, whatever is easiest for you. But all, all the relevant information that you need, the link and the promo code is all nicely stored in your show notes. So have a look at that. Thanks to Manscaped sorry for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast. And of course, thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and 
the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month, and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts, and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. All right, uh, let's let's talk a bit more about um, the things that you get in this game. Again, the the fundamental core of this game, just like with the first one, is you start off as Quill. Uh, she's on a journey, on two different journeys in both different games, um, to defeat something or other, some sort of villain that's in her way. Uh, so you start off with your sword, then. Um, Again, I love the progression, both both with the actual going through the levels and with, like, unlocking new things. And, yeah, so you have the sword that works the same way that it does. So you, so you start off the same way, but I, I like that sometimes it works with games where, okay, you have a sequel, so you know that there's going to be new ideas put in, or hopefully new ideas put in. You start going through, and you, you, you get him back into the, into the gist of things. You know, you get him back into the motions and get him back into, like... This is how this works, and get, get getting settled back into the game, and the game does a really good job of doing that, of just kind of settling you back in, and then eventually you can use your um, what would you even call it? So you have that blue ball that you control. That's what you use with the the DualShock Four. Uh, that's what you use the DualShock Four for, um, to uh, you know, so you can reach out, you can grab certain things, or you can um, do the new thing, which is power up Quills item so whether it's the sword the disc shield spinner thing or the hammer and eventually you go through certain parts of the level you pick these items up and again i think the pacing and kind of the structure of you start off with the game you um what's it called you get in back into the motions of doing things then you unlock something then you use it for a bit and there, again, the game does do the normal video game thing of, hey, we just gave you a new item, your next couple of, like, I guess you could call them pages in this situation, because it's a book, isn't it? Um, your next couple of sections is going to be based around this new thing that you got. One, so that we can teach you how to use it, like the particular environments and the objects and things. And also so that we can yeah, kind kind of do that, so... Um, and then it's sort of like, hey, you've learned how to use that. You've used you've used this in like two or three different levels or sections or like puzzle pieces. And again, these can be used in different ways because I think all three of the items that you've got can be used to both beat enemies. Um, or I'll say all, all, all six technically because you've got three items that you can use. The hammer, sword, and the, I'll just say shield, right, that you can use. But then you get the three power-ups which give you three different things granted with the hammer it's more of like a more powerful thing but the hammer can kind of obviously open up other doors and things like that um so yeah it that you use all six of those things to both kill the enemies in the area which again you have to use certain things for because once you come across the shielded crab 
thing you have to use a hammer for that in a, in a particular way but it keeps you kind of thinking it keeps you kind of like instead of just oh i'm gonna slash and you know um smash my way through this game just using the sword you've got to kind of think you especially later on you've got to definitely think about like what you're doing and you start to think about angles and things like that um but the, the just of what i'm saying here is the whole motion of discover a new thing use it for a bit put it back down play a couple of normal sections um and then it maybe comes back later or it will come back later and then you can use sometimes you use the things that you've just learnt in other new areas sorry in in areas where you use your other things as well so so it won't just be a case of here's a new level section you're only going to need this thing no there's there's plenty of levels with plenty of variety which again is a, is is a good thing that you're looking for in a sequel um to say like hey we've got these new ideas we're going to mix them up a bit in later scenes once once you're a bit more used to them and we've given you a couple of levels with them but then there is also levels where it's like hey you're going to more heavily use this but you've still got to think a bit about what you're doing and like where you're putting puzzle pieces and all that kind of stuff so i think that's all really really well balanced and again the the gist of going through all that and trying to navigate everything is, is really really quite satisfying I, I i very much i very much enjoyed the loop of this game and it kept me going it kept me thinking like you know if i had a session where i was playing for about about you know two hours or something um that loop of progression and discovering new things and the the satisfying nature of again doing puzzles and beating enemies in certain ways there's a particular enemy i want to talk about in a minute actually um and again i don't consider any of these spoilers these are just gameplay mechanics that i'm talking about so it's not really story spoilers there is a bit more story spoilery stuff in this game that happens um that I won't get into here so there's there's all that but I'm, I'm just basically talking about what you unlock and the mechanics and things so i don't consider any of that to be spoilery um but no that's all yeah the, the loop of all that and the satisfaction of doing that is all really really good so i thoroughly enjoyed going through all of that um i do need to talk visually about this game as well just before i get onto the other enemy thing that i was going to mention um i read now i'll i always say this always to make my opinion clear and um that type of stuff and to be consistent with my opinion i have been and will very likely not ever be what i call a visuals person there is caveats to that though which is i like the design of certain things and i like to see how that's put together in this game so again visual quality so let, let me be clear about that the, the what i'm talking about which is what i'm not quite so bothered about is like oh everything's got to be in 4k and pristine and stuff like that i could probably still play most games in 1080p for the next 10 years and it wouldn't bother me that i'm not playing in 4k um because i'm more bothered about other things within games like about like how much i'm talking about gameplay and mechanics because fundamentally at the end of the day if you're playing a video game you're there to press buttons and interact with things so the most important aspect is um how well does that stuff work you know what actual mechanics are you using and when you've got a game like moss which is introducing new and interesting mechanics that's going to take my attention or grab my attention which again i really enjoyed the, all, all those new mechanics and everything so that was great um but no the, the thing that kind of sets moss apart the game moss apart from um other games is what i what i would call kind of a dollhouse view now i never had a dollhouse as a child because i was playing with 
Buzz and Woody and Crash Bandicoot and Spider-Man and Batman when I was younger. Um, I have a couple of Toy Story figures right in front of me on this desk, which is cool. Um, but yeah, obviously, I didn't have like a dollhouse or, or whatever, anything like that. Uh, my sister did, so I, you know, I've seen what a dollhouse and that sort of thing looks like. But this is kind of like, because for those of you that haven't played this game, and again, this is spoiler-free, so it's designed for all of you as well. Imagine a dollhouse, right, where all of the, like an open dollhouse, obviously you can close it and you can set certain things and do whatever, right? Imagine a dollhouse that's a bit, well, not, 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 not really bigger, really, really zoomed in, right? Imagine you put on a VR headset and um, your sides and your background either have terrain or they are like black kind of void areas but the area you're always supposed to be looking in obviously is the immediate thing in front of you because sometimes in certain levels you'll have like you'll look around and there'll be like bricks and columns and things like that that there'll be like parts of a building or sometimes it won't be there but it that that's fine but imagine like also how small things are in a dollhouse so like chairs tables beds characters items things like swords platforms doors all all those sorts of things that you'd get in a normal level that's what i like so much about this game as well is it's it's amazing again not visual quality but the detail of how this game is put together because even though you are doing some bigger scale stuff in this game there are some levels that there are some levels that are obviously a bit bigger because some of the some of the levels are in open areas but for the most part you're in enclosed buildings and it's like looking into a dollhouse really really up close and by really up close I mean in VR and you are controlling a little character and you're walking around and you're doing things I I, I love um, and, and the fact that like as well you can really like get your face up into things you can really like look at things in in, in some great detail and see like look look how cool all this little stuff looks as well. Um you've also got a very cute aspect to it as well which is Quill herself. Um because every now and then when you do a puzzle, you, you figure something out or something else will happen, Quill will sort of like do animated things like little dances or will cheer or do something like that. And you're just seeing this cute little little character um in this level doing like fist pumps or celebrating or and it just looks so cool and so 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 sort of cute um it's also a little dance that quill does um with the hammer and because the hammer is slightly too strong for her because she's a small little character and the hammer is bigger than her whole body basically um <clears throat> she'll sort of like trip up slightly but in a cute sort of way it's it's, it's really really it's really really well done and there'll be certain situations as well like um, you'll do something in the game and Quill will actually hold her hand up and be like, hey, give me a high five. And you can lean in with your little blue ball, energy ball thing, whatever it's called. And like if you push that into t- towards her and you press the, the select button or whatever it is, the interact button, you give Quill a little high five. It's little things like that that are so good. And again, you're doing it while looking into like a dollhouse-esque size sort of thing. And I don't think that there's... I mean, you've got things like um, Astrobot. I think it's called Rescue Mission, the VR version of Astrobot. That is similar, but 
it's not exactly the same thing. That that's that, that's not quite the sort of look into the dollhouse aspect. That's again small scale. It, it's similar, but it's not exactly the same sort of thing. Um, and you in in the mosque games, you'll have things like little buildings, and you can kind of imagine like again that the similar terrain of looking into like a dollhouse esque sort of thing. Um, and it's really really cool. Like seeing all the, seeing all these little objects and like the scale of stuff is is really really cool. But then it's also really cool as well when you go into the open world and you see like the big castle that's in this game. I took a few few sort of screenshots and stuff, and you see like the big castle. And then a, a, as you navigate through certain parts of the game, you'll see the castle from different angles and different places, and it will look bigger or it will look different. And again, you're seeing it from like a dollhouse type of view, and uh, the, the scale of it will be different. And again, if me and myself are a normal-sized human in a normal world walked up to a building as big as a castle, like a Disney castle at Disneyland or whatever, it would look big because the castle is size-wise obviously bigger than me. Uh, same as like a you know football stadium or something like that. But if you like shrink things right down to like a Stuart Little size or you know, like a Toy Story size or something like that, um, the scale is so much bigger, and it's just really cool to see in this game. And again, all of this, in, all of this is in VR, which it's which VR itself adds a whole different aspect to things um, of just how you visually look at a game. Um, so again, it's just really really cool to see that, and that that mixed in with like all the other cool game mechanics I just mentioned are, are really really cool. So that's great stuff. Um, yeah, one new enemy that I found very, very fun, really, really fun to interact with. There's a few different, few different occasions where you can use it, um, and I, I, I interacted with this the same type of enemy in um, in the stream that I did in in that last part of the stream, and it's this. Um, I can't think of what the animal's called. It's one that kind of like can curl up and roll around a lot. Um, not like a like a like a I can't remember what the things are called, but like big big sort of like caterpillar snake type things. But they've got like scaly backs and things like that. And basically, what you can do I can't remember what they're they're actually designed after. There's a certain animal, but I just cannot think of it for some reason. Um, but like a like a snake type size, but flatter and thicker, and it rolls into like a ball that you can that it that's how it sort of rolls around and navigates and stuff and how it attacks you but really one really cool aspect of that is there's certain puzzles in areas that are laid out like a like a track kind of and what you'll do you'll again you'll use your grabber thing or whatever you grab part of it you pull it back because again this thing can like ping off basically or almost a bit like a sort of um uh what would you call it um I'm trying to think of the toy where you can... I can't think of what things are called today for some reason. But that toy that you can like... Um, what's it called? Think of like a... You know like one of those little toy cars that you can get? And you put it on... A, it never works on a carpet. But you put it on like a flat surface. You roll it back. You hear the like wheels clicking because it's building up the uh, mechanic of it. So you put it on like a flat surface. You pull it back and you can hear it clicking, clicking, clicking. And you sort of let it go and it, it shoots off somewhere. And obviously if you've got like, I don't know, Hot Wheels 
um, racing tracks or something, you can you can probably use it on that or, or whatever you want to set up, which is again a really fun idea. So it's, again, it's kind of this way of almost like playing with toys in a way. Um, and again, that kind of ties into my whole Toy Story thing, and I used to love playing with toys and stuff like that. So it, it kind of had a bit of an aspect of that. And again, this is different to that. This is an animal that I can't think of the name of, but essentially the mechanic is. And this was probably one of my favorite things to even do in the game. Um, you do the same thing. So you get your controller, you get the um, energy ball thing. You click and hold it. You pull it back. And you can then move it left or right to like aim it at something so you can line it up properly. You let it go and it pings off and it shoots up to something. And there's different points where you can use it for like puzzles. I think the first time it's introduced... You shoot it up this ramp and it goes into a, like a hole. Almost like you're playing mini golf in a way. Like in VR it's it's really really quite well done. Uh, again the aesthetic of it and, and the design of it is really really good. It's really satisfying. Um, but you do that and you sort of shoot it off to a, up to a ramp or something. And it goes into a hole and that, that unlocks a door. And again that's all really satisfying. And Quill maybe do some fun cute animation to celebrate or, or something like that. Um, there's also parts in later levels where you're fighting a boss and there's two different ramps you see how the game wants you to do it and you use Quill to unlock a door you pull the thing back you shoot it up it goes up into the air it, it crashes down onto the enemy and it's a really really satisfying thing to, to use it could have been in the game a little bit more possibly there was a lot of like there was a lot of crabs still in this game um, as opposed to the other enemies there was still a good variety of, of enemies and things but um, the frequency of the rolling enemy, I'll call it that, was not quite as much as what I'd wanted. But, um, again, you could do a book through. We'll have to see what sort of happens. Uh, but no, that was really, really, that was so much fun to, to use that. And again, you're doing it in this, like, almost like a toy box, dollhouse type thing. And when you tie that into an actual video game, um... It's very cool. It's very, 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 very cool. I would like a developer, actually. Like, forget um, the actual Moss game itself. I would love for a developer to make some kind of, like... I don't know if you could do it licensed or whatever you could do, because obviously there's lots of different toys you could use. To make a VR game that is you as a creator looking into some kind of play area of some kind. Again, you'd have to, you'd have to adjust... Because one of the thing, one of the problems you could come across is like, okay, if you make this area really big, and you're in VR, how far can you reach for stuff? But maybe you can click on things in a different way. But that sort of that sort of like physical thing, again in this game, of having this dollhouse toy box esque sort of thing, <coughs> having a doll um, uh toy box dollhouse esque sort of thing and you're interacting with things and pulling things and pushing buttons it it's so much fun and it's so satisfying to even just kind of play around with it so sort of fun so i would love for a developer maybe um polyarch themselves the developers of this game can do it but something to where you've got like i don't know a mat or something um and you can put different toys and different tracks and you can again the fun of like Pushing things around and play, playing with like toys essentially, um, but in like a VR 
video game could be something really really cool that could be a genuinely cool idea again i don't know what you do when you have too much going on because how much can you reach for things but maybe there's a way that you could get around that that i'm not thinking of but that would be such a cool idea like because uh, i'm because i still kind of have that childhood part of me and again this is like from toy story and stuff that like the, it's again it's the it's the childish imagine, imagination part isn't it of like oh i've got all these toys what can i what can i kind of do with them what scenarios can i come up with what sort of like can i put tracks and make cars like shoot off around the tracks and you know if you've got any toys that sort of like spring up into the air what can you do with that there's again that's where you kind of come in that's where you kind of come into that like um again there was a game called dreams where you could do similar things like that like you could make different things in in that but it it's such a creative fun thing to do it, even as an adult which obviously I am now but um that that you can't re- you can never deny the joy the pure joy um of just the creativity and the the, the childlike imagination of just having just having a toy box with fun stuff to play with and again that's that sort of like story story part of me where you know I, I used to you know play a lot more with toys and stuff and um me me literally watching andy do that in toy story is something that i very much love about those films uh like when he when he comes up with his own scenarios in those films and he's making buzz fly and woody do stuff and you know i i, I love that type of stuff it's really really cool so uh but now i play video games where i press buttons to interact with things in other games it's just in very different scenarios so um yeah i remember actually uh there was a toy story 3 video game which i did play it was a toy story 3 yeah it was a toy story 3 video game that i did actually play it was on the 360 and ps3 and there was the story mode and there was an actual toy box mode and what you could literally do was go in there as the sheriff or whatever and you could put the different characters in. You could play as Buzz, Woody and Jesse. You could set up different things and different cars and all that type of stuff. And you could just... It, it was literally called a toy box mode where you could do that. And I didn't play around with it too much. Uh, I might go back to, to doing that actually just to see what you could do with that. But you could set up different barns and all sorts of the kind of stuff. So... Um, and that is literally in the world of Toy Story, so that very much has my interest, um, which is cool. But yeah, if somebody could do a game like that, right, whether it's in or out of VR is is its own thing. Um, but like, could you do a, f- not Fortnite, could you do a type of thing where like you have Dragon Ball Z and Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and Toy Story and Marvel and DC and to just have this bonanza thing of a sort of massive toy box where again because it's obviously be a developed licensed legal video game you couldn't just put whatever characters you want into it obviously you'd have to get the licenses for stuff but yeah there's a cool idea that 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 you could very much use i'm surprised no one's really done a ton with that and this is a game that's come out that i'm not really aware of so anyway that's it for my review of moss i know i went off on a bit of a toy toy box dollhouse sort of tangent there it's just fun stuff it's just fun stuff that you could do with games so um and again that aspect within moss here was really a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to sort of to do that kind of stuff with uh with moss anyway um for those of you that have or haven't played this game by the way before you saw this review pop up in your podcast feed or on twitter or on the website wherever you check out our episodes 
did you know that this game had come out? Because I just about did. Um, Because there might be some people out there that possibly... They might even be Moss fans, like I am, a fan of the first game and this game. That might not even know this game is out. Um, Yeah. Promotion's very important. Promotion's very, very important. There's another game that came out the other day, that new Rollerblade, Roller Dome thing. Came out five days ago. No promotion whatsoever. Um, I don't know if that's a Sony-specific problem. I, I, I don't know, but... These games are fun. These games are good. Advertise them. Tell people that... I mean, do you, do you want people to know your game is out? Or do you want them to give you your money for a game that's out? You kind of got to tell them that it's out. So that they can give you the money for your business. For a game that you've worked on. So that they can buy it. You get the money. And that they play it and enjoy it. So, it's probably a good idea if you tell your audience that your game is out. Because otherwise they won't know and they won't be able to buy your game. Because they won't know it's out. Pretty simple. Anyway, thanks very much for listening um, to all that. I, I, I am Man VR had the same problem. The exact same problem. Uh, I think it was also advertised in the wrong way initially. And then had no promotion whatsoever. So, cool. Anyway, um, what are your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments? Uh, again, if you haven't played this game, if you didn't know it was out, let me know. Let me know if you knew it was out or not. Um, or did you know and you've not got to it yet, or whatever the case may be. And those of you that have played the game, uh, what did you think of it? What did you think of the new mechanics and things like that? I very much enjoyed them. Did a really good job with that, I thought. And uh, do you want a third game? I could certainly go for a third game. Uh, what do you think of the new mechanics? And what do you think of the whole dollhouse, toy box-esque sort of thing that's going on here? I think it's very, very cool and very, very fun. You can let me know the thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter etalkuk, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. There's also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Okay, um, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms, uh, TV, games, films, main night podcasts. Take a look out for all those. Later today we will have a new episode of Gaming Talk, look out for that, and then the United cast tomorrow, because we're playing on Monday against Liverpool, so look out for all of that stuff, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. Uh, in the meantime, you can also support Entertainment Talk by simply either listening to more episodes, they're on the places I've just mentioned, so go and check out more of them if you want to do that. You can also simply tell other people, just by telling them, just let them know, just say, hey, thing called Entertainment Talk, they do this, you can find it here. And there you go. Just tell other people. It's very, very simple. So you can do that if you want to as well. You can also do the same thing essentially but through social media. Either share them around, post them on your own socials or whatever it is you want to do with the social media stuff. You can do that as well. You can also support us through Patreon. A $5, $10 level tier for the every podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. TV and film news. Uh, speaking of knowing when things are coming back. TV and film news. Air dates. Cancellations. Renewals. Um, casting news. All that sort of stuff. David posts all that over on his website called geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Geektown Radio episodes is the weekly podcast format that comes out on Tuesdays. So look out for all of that. Uh, Bex, if you want some fun Twitch streams, classic retro stuff, Tomb Raider, chat streams, all that sort of stuff. Um, find Bex on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. She's doing some really cool, creative, fun stuff over there. You can also find her on Instagram and Twitter as well. You can also find me on Twitch as well at UK for my different gaming streams. And if you missed those, like the Moss stream that I did, so if you want to see me play a bit of this game, uh, the ending portion of it, 
Uh, you can do that as well. Uh, that is archived currently on at the moment on YouTube, which is Entertainmental Plays. U- YouTube Entertainmental Plays is where we archive our streams, FIFA career mode episodes, and game clips, all that sort of stuff. But Twitch, Etalk UK, and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.